We don't like change. We like what we like. What's known? What's comfortable? What's right? Familiar. Familiar. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Mike from What Up Doc University podcast. And today we have a special guest, Mr. Hal Elrod, and he's going to tell you today about something that you guys probably aren't doing, but is probably the most important thing that will set you on for success in whatever you guys are doing. Um, so with that said, I'm not going to give away any more of the stuff. I just want, I want Hal to give you everything. Um, Hal, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well, uh, Mike. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm honored and excited to, to be on your show. Absolutely. It's, yeah, I first heard you. Uh, I, I I really don't remember what podcast because you were on like a couple of podcasts that I that I listen to frequently, and I mean your message and the book and all that kind of stuff that you're going to talk to us today about just blew my mind, and it's something that I implemented really early on uh, right after hearing you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and and your and your amazing story. Yeah, I mean, I think that I appreciate that. The the, the oper- or the you know kind of the starting place is if I go back um, when I was 15 years old, I got a my own radio show, and uh, that was like my dream at that age was to be a radio disc jockey, and I kind of pursued it with the local radio station. Got on the air, had my own radio show, went by the uh, the, the on air nickname Yo Pal Hal, is given to me by my mom. And I thought it was uh, kind of dorky, but she, you know, anyway, she she had suggested it. It kind of stuck around. So that that was my first kind of dream in life was like, wow, I want to be like a famous radio DJ. You know, I was 15. I thought it would happen maybe after college. Well, after college, um, I, uh, I got a, another radio station job and was pursuing the career when I got hired in sales. And I started selling Cutco kitchen knives, Cutco cutlery. And, you know, I, I did it mostly because my buddy was doing it and he, you know, he wanted me to you know, do it with him. So he'd bug me and I finally caved and I gave it a shot and um, really no expectation. I had no idea what was to come, but 10 days into the, into the job, I had broken the all-time company record for um, the fastest person in, that had ever got in my, in my region, at least the Western half of the United States that had ever gotten uh, the sold the most in their first 10 days. And, you know, and I was 19 at that time, and I think I earned like $3,000 in commissions, which, you know, 19, $3,000 in 10 days is crazy. That's huge. Yeah, and it's like my whole world kind of opened up from that point. And fast forward a year and a half, I was, uh, I gave a speech at, a, at an event, one of the, well, actually a, a company event for my company at that time, and Afterwards, I, I was driving home in my uh, my first new car. I just bought a brand new Ford Mustang, which you know at age twenty that was like like the dream car. You know, it was my favorite car. And uh, driving home that night, a, a man I had never met before, a drunk driver, got on the freeway. Got his, he was in a full size Chevy truck, much larger than my little Ford Mustang. He got his car going eighty miles an hour, and unfortunately he was going the wrong way he was on the wrong side of the freeway and i don't remember the headlights coming at me i don't i don't really remember what i what i you know what i was thinking if i saw it i don't know but around 11:30 at night this drunk driver hit me head on at 80 miles an hour crashing into my ford mustang crushing the front of my car you know you know shattering the windshield i mean on and on and then the worst was yet to come when my car spun off the drunk driver and the car behind me crashed into my door at 
approximately 70 miles per hour. And if you could imagine, if you're listening to this right now, to give you like an idea of what that's like, right? Put your hands up in front of you like you're driving a car. Maybe you are driving a car, right? But like pretend you're driving a car and then look over your left shoulder like you're looking out your driver's side window and imagine a car coming going 70 miles an hour just crashes into the side of your car. And the devastation that you might imagine would happen is what happened. The entire left side of my car was crushed into the left side of my body. My, my leg broke in half. I broke my femur in two pieces, um, uh, severed uh, my radial nerve in my left arm, actually broke my pelvis in three places, uh, broke my arm, my humerus bone behind my bicep, uh, punctured my lung, ruptured my spleen, almost completely lost my ear. It was almost severed. And then my eye socket was destroyed so bad that it's all made of titanium now. And um, as a result of so much pain, I was immediately in a coma, and an hour later, when they finally were able to cut me out of the car, and I'd been losing blood for this whole hour, I actually died, and I was dead for about six minutes on the side of the freeway, and um, six minutes without a heartbeat, you know, wasn't breathing, and after six minutes of being clinically dead, they revived me, took me to the hospital, Six days later, I came out of a coma, and they said I would never walk again. And um, I just, you know, I, I told my parents, I said, look, the doctors might be experts in medicine, but they're not experts in me. And they, you know, they, they, they don't know whether or not I can walk again. And I'm going to maintain faith that I can while I accept that I might not. And if I don't, I'm okay with that. I can accept it. But I'm not going to put my energy into what I don't want to happen. I'm going to imagine, visualize, you know, pray about what I do want to happen, and I want to walk again. And I don't think it's a coincidence, um, Mike, that, you know, one week later, uh, I took my first step. And uh, the doctors could hardly even explain it. They, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that's what happened. And, and that's kind of what, that was my first, uh, what I would call my first rock bottom in my life. You know, that time where you're tested. We've all been through those. You've been through them. You know, you're tested and you, you, you face a level of adversity that you've never faced before. And you question whether or not you, you know, can get through it. And on the other side of those adversities, I think, is, you know, there's a better version of ourself through the, the process of, of overcoming. Wow. That is ridiculous. Oh, man. <laughs> just hearing that story is, I mean, I can, I can visualize that and, and see that happening. You know, it happened to a really good friend of mine as well, uh, and he, he had a head-on collision, and, uh, and, and he, he made it through as well. I don't, he didn't have the extent of damage that you did, uh, but man, that must have been really, really emotionally uh, traumatic on your on your parents. I, I can only imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really believe now that I have kids. You know, I didn't have. I was twenty back then. I didn't have kids, but now I have a five year old and a two year old, and I. Now that I'm a parent, I like I see my that whole experience in a very different way. I, I always kind of thought the accident happened to me, but I really feel like my, what my parents went through was a lot more difficult than than what I went through. You know, I was unconscious for the first six days in a coma, which was probably the hardest part. You know, it was the, it was the worst of it. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I really think that my parents, uh, what they went through was, was was even harder. Yeah, I can only imagine that. Now, you mentioned something that right there where you said that. Right after you came out, uh, came out of the coma, the docs were telling you all this bad news. You know, you weren't going to walk again or all that kind of stuff. Now, a lot of our listeners often get, you know, bad news from their medical professionals as well. Now, what advice would you give to them that you did that would kind of set them on, on the correct path, you know, for the, that they want, you know, in, in their recovery? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think that the greatest lesson that I learned and, and the real, the big takeaway here 
is the power of not only the power but the necessity of acceptance if we want to really uh, achieve uh, our full potential and, and be as happy as we want to be. <clears throat> the, the most important thing is acceptance. And, and here's, here's a way to look at it. Every negative emotion that you or I or anyone listening has ever had has been self-created. And mm-hmm. most people think that when things happen, bad things happen, they blame the thing as why they feel the way they feel. They go, well, of course I'm angry. Look at what she did to me. Or, of course I'm sad. You know, look at what I lost. You know, of course I'm scared. Look at what might happen, right? Right. And what I learned is it's not the thing that causes us emotional pain. It's our level of resistance to the thing. In other words, our wishing and wanting that something out of our control were different than it is or can be, something that happened, you know, maybe it happened five minutes ago or five years ago, and, but to the degree that we resist our reality is the degree that we literally create emotional pain. And, you know, for, you, you can, it could be a horrible accident. It could be losing a loved one. It could be a, a broken relationship. It could be losing your job. It could be traffic. You know, I think traffic's a great example because it's uh, something people can relate to. You know, not everybody's been in an accident or been through a divorce or, you know, whatever, lost somebody really close to them. But everybody, most people have handled traffic. And, you know, if you look at the average person in traffic, they're, you know, they're not happy, right? Most people don't love traffic. Whenever I speak, that's always a question. I go, how many of you don't like traffic? Be honest. And almost every hand goes up, right? And, and I always joke that this will be the game changer if you get this one thing. And that is that once you realize that when you just accept all things you can't change and only focus your energy on what you can change, you literally live free from emotional pain, or at least you have that ability. And without that acceptance, that and it's, it's, a, it's a skill. It takes practice. It's a mindset, but it's a skill in that you've got to recondition and develop it. And so, so yeah, so, you know, if, you're, if something bad happens and you go, gosh, oh, I wish that didn't happen. I wanted that so bad. Well, that is you creating emotional pain. If you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she's gone. I, I love her. I miss her so much. That's you creating emotional pain. And I'm not saying you're not allowed to grieve or go through that process. But for me, what allowed me to get through the accident was something I learned in my Cutco training called the five-minute rule. And I simply said, it's okay to be negative, or, or this is what I learned in this in Cutco. It's okay to be negative, but not for more than five minutes. Like, there's no point in dwelling on something after it's happened. You know, put your energy into what you, what you want and where you're, you know, what you need to do to get there. And um, I applied that to the accident. I, you know, I told my dad uh, a couple weeks after the accident, a week after I came out of the coma, the doctor thought I was in denial because I was really happy and smiling. And my dad came and talked to him about it, and he thought they thought it was delusional. They thought I was in denial, delusional, you know, because I couldn't handle my reality. I was just pretending that everything was okay and that it would eventually come crashing down. Well, what they didn't realize is I, I wasn't in denial. It wasn't that I couldn't accept my reality. It was that I had fully accepted my reality, mm-hmm. that I, I had a state of unconditional acceptance where no matter what happens, if I can't change it, I, I've, I've decided I'm not going to feel bad about it because there's no value for me in that, you know. Yeah, that you bring up a huge, huge point where people do go through all this kind of stuff and they they go one of two ways, right? They either go in full denial or they go they do what, what you've been doing is you know, you, that full acceptance and then, you know, accept and, and, and do what change what you can change. You know what yeah. I mean? Um and what you you were on another show and I was just listening to this the other day and you were talking and it was a show that was um, that was about New Year's resolutions and, and setting goals and all that kind of stuff and I have a lot of listeners who do uh, they try a new exercise program they want to increase their health uh, I have patients in the office that they come to my office and they they, they want to make a change with their health 
And uh, some of them are involved in like weight loss programs and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of them start started off and they don't necessarily get the, the results that they want to. And you were you were mentioning something about goals. You, can, can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, I believe you're talking about the 30-day kind of process for yes. implementing yeah. any habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that when I was writing The Miracle Morning and I got real clear that there's, you know, there's – there's going to be a lot of resistance for most people probably because they don't, you know, they're not typically used to waking up early. The average person, now a lot of people do, and I think if we look at the people that do the Miracle Morning, probably, you know, 30, 40% of them already woke up early, but they weren't waking up better. That's really what the Miracle Morning is. It's not waking up early necessarily, it's waking up better. What mm. do you do in the morning first thing to ensure that you achieve, you know, that you become the person that you need to be that can achieve all of the things, all of your goals, everything in your life, you know, as easily as possible. And so I realized that people, you know, this is good, this is basically a habit. Waking up early is a habit. It's, it's something they can't try for a few days and expect it's going to stick. So I just did a ton of research on what does it take to implement and sustain any habit. And if you really think about it, I mean, you know, that's really you know, every our life is created by our habits. If somebody's very successful, they simply have habits in place that sustain that level of success. If somebody's really healthy, they have habits in place that sustain that level of health. And if they're unhealthy, it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. You have a habit of going to McDonald's every day, right? That's going to affect your health. If you have a habit of eating salad for lunch or eat, you know, I mean, so our habits create our quality of life. And so here's the, basically of all the research that I did, and there's varying research from, you know, from Harvard and various books, but here's what I found. I thought the most effective thing that I found through uh, trial, error, and looking for commonalities in the, in, in the research that I was doing was that on average, give or take, it takes 30 days to implement a habit. Now, again, there's a, one of my favorite books, The One Thing, talks about and shows studies on how it takes 66 days. And then there's people that have talked about you could, you know, you know, change, a, you know, you could change any habit or behavior you know, in, immediately, instantly, in, in an hour, right? And so here's the premise of this, and this is a strategy we can all apply. If you want to make a change in your life, you know, dietary change, you know, whatever, any change in behavior uh, or thinking, it's uh, to consider that you take on a 30-day challenge. And there's three 10-day phases that make up the way you're typically going to feel during those 30 days. So the first 10 days are, are what I call the unbearable phase, right? And, Mike, you can, we can all relate to that, right, where you're like, Oh, like, you know, the alarm goes off. For, like, like we use, we're waking up early since that's what we're talking about. The alarm goes off, and you're like, oh, my God, no, it's already 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. or whatever. It's like, oh, I just want to sleep, right? Like, when I say unbearable, it's like every fiber of your being resists change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't like change. We like what we like what's known, what's comfortable, what's, right, familiar. Yeah. So, like, every fiber of your being resists it. So I call that the unbearable stage. And here's the thing. Let me ask you the question, Mike, and it's, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but you can definitely answer. Um, if, uh, you know, if you want to make a major change in your life that, can, that could radically transform your life, right, whether you uh, are, you know, want to exercise or eat better or you want to write a book or you want to start a business or you want to, you know, whatever it is, right, you want to be a better spouse or parent or child or whatever, it, even if the, 10 day, the first 10 days of that new thing are unbearable. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do it. If something's really going to change your life for the better, and it's a significant change, can you do anything for 10 days? Sure. Yeah, no matter how unbearable it is, right? Mm -hmm. 
And in fact, the more unbearable it is, the the, the more capable you become, right? I right. love adversity in that, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a human. I don't love, I would always rather, you know, it'd be easier without adversity. But I've realized that adversity is an asset, you know, mm-hmm. because when you when you go through adversity, right, you, you become stronger and, and better. Yeah. And, and there's a better version of yourself always waiting on the other side of the adversity. So... Uh, so anyway, so the first 10 days are un- feel unbearable, and, and when you, here's the thing, most people don't know this, so they go into it not realizing that, you know, that it's going to be difficult or that it, you know, it, it'll get easier or whatever. They kind of just go in thinking on day one or day two or day three, they're like, oh my gosh, I've been trying this for three days and I hate it, I'm just not a runner, or I'm just, I just, I just can't eat healthy, or I just can't, right? They throw in the towel after a few days, but here's the thing. If you have this new level of self-awareness where you go, well, wait a minute. The, uh, ultimately, if the first 10 days I already know they're going to be difficult, then I can plan for that, and I can, right, and I can adjust, and I can, uh, you know, I, 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 can, I can grit, you know, grit my teeth and power through it knowing it's going to get easier. The second 10-day phase after unbearable is uncomfortable. That's where you no longer hate it. It's not like every fiber of your being resist, is resisting it, but you're, you, know, you don't love it yet. You're kind of like in the middle. You're like, eh, I don't know, this is still kind of hard. And it's, I'm not really feeling it totally. So it's getting a little easier, but it's still uncomfortable. And then days 21 through 30, this is where the magic happens. And it might happen on day 21, might happen on day 29 or 30 or, or even 32, right? It's not an exact science, but um, <clears throat> that's the unbe- unstoppable phase. So phase three is unstoppable. The first 10 days for any new change, any new significant change, behavior, habit, et cetera, it's going to feel unbearable. The next 10 days are going to be uncomfortable. But the final 10 days I call the unstoppable phase, and it's not just, you know, for fun. Here's what I'll tell you my personal example. I decided that I was going to run a 52-mile ultra marathon having never in my life run more than a mile. And I hadn't run a mile for seven years. So I ran zero. And... I decided I was going to run a 52-mile ultramarathon. Well, um, when I, I bought a book called The Non-Runner's Marathon Trainer for anyone that doesn't like running but wants to, you know, <laughs> thinks, is thinking about challenging themselves. So it's called The Non-Runner's Marathon Trainer. And I started doing the training plan, and I applied this. So the first 10 days, I'm like, it's probably going to be unbearable. And it was, right? Day one, day two, I'm like, oh, my gosh, everything aches and my bones ache and my hips ache, and, I'm, you know, the next day I'm sore, and right? But I knew that the first 10 days would be like that. Next 10 days, I'm kind of getting used to it, but I still don't really like it yet. Here's where the magic happens. Somewhere around day 20, I don't know, 23 or 4, I don't remember the exact day, I woke up in the morning, and this thing called running that I had despised for many years, I woke up, and I was like, oh, I get to go on a run right now. And I had a smile on my face, and I went, and I grabbed my running gear, headed to the front door, and all of a sudden I went, I just stopped in my tracks and I went, whoa, I'm looking forward to this. A week ago, I still didn't like it. Two weeks ago, I freaking hated it, right? (laughs) And that's the power. And you have to realize that you should live your life in 30-day challenges, right? Or uh, I'm not saying you do whatever you want, right? But it's it's something I kind of try to do where every 30 days – I try to take on a new habit, and I go through it with that process of um, first 10 days are going to be tough, next 10 days aren't going to be easy, final 10 days, somewhere in there, I'll find my groove, and I'll start to see myself as that new person that does this thing that only a couple weeks ago you know, was, was, was a wish for me. It was something that was foreign. Yeah, I mean, you, you just spelled out 
a great system for a lot of people. I know myself, I'm, I'm, I'm taking some notes over here. I'm like, this is a great way to look at things, you know, in, in 10, 10 day chunks. And, uh, I, I'm assuming this applies as well to, to the miracle morning method. I mean, I, when I first found out about the book, I, I mean, I, I was listening to a podcast that you're on and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. I mean, I was doing some of those things that you were talking about in the Miracle Morning. And then I, once I got the book, got my hands wrapped around it and started implementing that. Uh, I mean, guys, it is it is a miracle. You know, I mean, your mornings are, are, are a miracle. And I've recommended to a bunch of people. I know a couple of my friends who's implemented it. It's literally changed their life just exactly how you were saying it in the, you know, those 10 day, um, 10 day bunches. Tell us a little bit more about one, how you got to starting to write the book and then um, how it, how you implement it and a little bit more about what is the miracle morning. Yeah. So this is, I mean, interesting story. I, this was never going to be a book, right? That's the first thing I'll say is I was never like, Hey, I want to write a book and what would be a good topic? That was not this, Uh. this, this was my life went, I, I went from being, you know, what most people would consider pretty successful in terms of, I had just hit Hall of Fame with my company. I left the company. I started a coaching business. I, 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 I started fulfilling my dream of being a professional speaker and getting, you know, paid to, to mm-hmm. give speeches around the country. And then I wrote my first book called Taking Life Head On. I bought my a brand new house and I bought my dream car, right? So like, it, by my measure, I'm 25 years old at the time. I'm like, dude, this is like everything I've ever wanted. And not just like from a monetary perspective, but I was, I was living what I thought was my purpose. You know, I had gone through the accident. I had come on the other side of it. And I always wanted to be a speaker, be a coach, be an author, you know, an author, that sort of thing. So I was living that dream. And in 2008, when the U.S. economy crashed, it, it felt like overnight. You know, it felt like it happened so fast. But it was probably looking back about a six-month downward spiral where the economy crashed and my clients couldn't afford to pay me for coaching. So I lost over half of my clients, over half of my income. In fact, I lost 60% of my income. And I had just bought a house, just bought a car, which if I was more financially responsible, I would have waited to buy the car until I kind of got used to the mortgage payment, right? But I I bought them like one week apart. And, uh, And so almost what felt like overnight, like I said, I lost my income and I couldn't pay my mortgage. I lost my house. I canceled my gym membership. I had no motivation. I stopped exercising. I got in the worst shape of my life, six months of eating horribly and not exercising at all. And as a result of my income going down, I lived on credit cards. I charged $52,000 in credit card, personal credit card debt in six months just to stay afloat. And uh, as a result of all this fear and uncertainty and it just going getting worse every day, uh, I, I became deeply depressed to the point of being suicidal, where I, I hated my life. And about oh, six months, as I said into it, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, and he's very smart, and I, I basically confessed how bad it had gotten, which I was kind of keeping a secret. It was kind of a shame that I couldn't – you know, I was a coach. I'm like, I'm a success coach, and I'm failing miserably. Like, this is not how it's supposed to be, right? And – he, I called him for advice, and he said, he basically sent me to go on a run. He said, go for a run, listen to some self-help audio, you know, recommended an audio that I listened to by Jim Rohn that, uh, that could, you know, help shift my mindset and give me some ideas to turn things around. And I, even though I hated running, I went on a run. This is before I became an ultra-marathon runner and all that. Um, I went on a run, and on that run, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn. And, Michael, I'll share this with everybody listening because this quote became the catalyst for me transforming my life faster than I ever thought possible. I mean, absolutely it did. And the quote is, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. 
because success is something you attract by the person you become. Mm. And I'll say it again because I rewound it, and I want to make sure people get this because this can change your life. This is the foundation of the Miracle Morning. You know, I wish Jim Rohn were still alive. Mm-hmm. I would send him a copy of the Miracle Morning, and I would thank him profusely because he, his, this, this philosophy is what inspired it. And it's a philosophy that, by the way, if you're listening and you're like, well, yeah, I'm not, you know, Hal, I'm, I'm not, I kind of disconnected right now because I'm not at my rock bottom. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm actually, mm-hmm. you know, I'm successful or, or whatever. And this is this quote, this philosophy, and, and what led to the Miracle Morning, this is the one thing that can take anyone to the next level, and that's the one thing we all share in common, right? I don't care if you're a millionaire, you know, you we have the next level, right? I don't care if you're struggling, but that next level is what we all, you know, the human beings are built to continuously evolve, grow, and become better than we've ever been before. So I'll say it again. Jim Rohn said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. And I realized I'm not dedicating time every day to my personal development to become the person that I need to be to create and sustain the success that I really want. And if anyone listening to this, you think about it, if we're measuring success in any area of life, your health, your fitness, your physique, your relationships, your happiness, your energy level, your finances, right, your freedom, your fulfillment, you name it, any level, any area of life, on a scale of 1 to 10, Mike, what level of success do we want in every single area? We want level 10. Right, level 10. I mean, nobody's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be too happy. I don't want to annoy people with how happy I am. Like, I'm good with like a 5. Like, no, we want level 10 in every area. But here's what that quote made me realize. What are we doing, you know, now I ask myself, what am I doing to become a level 10 person that is qualified and capable of achieving and sustaining level 10 success? And the answer didn't, I wasn't happy with it. I'm like, I'm not doing much. I just wake up, go through my day like I always do, go to bed, right? Rinse and repeat. So in that moment, I decided, my epiphany was, I'm going to go do some research online and I'm going to figure out what are the most powerful personal development practices known to man that the most successful people in the world use, and I'm going to figure out, I'm going to create the most extraordinary personal development routine known to man so that I can accelerate my personal development and really get to the level of success that I want ASAP. I didn't know if it would work, but that was my theory. I went home, I did the research, I figured out what I was going to do, woke up an hour earlier the next morning, which, by the way, I was not a morning person. So that was the first thing where I'm like, you know what? If I want to go to the next level, i got to start my day at the next level. Think about that. If you want to go to the next level, you got to start your day at the next level because how you start your day sets the tone and the tempo and the context and the direction of your entire day, which determines the life that you create. And so I woke up. I went through these six practices. Now it's called the Miracle Morning. Again, there was no name. There was no book. It was just, this is what I'm going to try. And the reason I call it the Miracle Morning is because it took less than two months for me to completely turn my life around. I almost tripled my income in two months. I didn't get a new job, didn't get a promotion. I just figured out through my daily personal development how to scale my business and bring on three times as many clients, two and a half times as many clients. Um, Second thing is I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically where I hadn't exercised for a minute in six months, not even a minute, and I ran a 52-mile ultra marathon just months later. And then last but not least is, you know, my mental and emotional state. I went from being depressed and my relationship, I didn't even mention, we were really struggling because when you're depressed, usually it's hard to thrive in your romantic relationship, right? So I was, we were on the, you know, we weren't doing well at all and that was my, you know, I took responsibility. But 
uh, within, it was that morning that my depression went away. And within those first two months, I started calling it my miracle morning because of the radical transformations that were happening both internally and externally. And the last thing I'll say on this is, you know, it took me six years, I think, to write the book. Four, I don't know, four to six years. I'm not, I can't think about it right now. But um, four to six years to write the book. And now I am, I'm in awe. And, Mike, I mean, I know you can relate because you've read the book. But I'm in awe, and you've probably seen the Miracle Morning community on Facebook, how many people are, like, radically transforming every or any area of their life with the Miracle Morning, it just, it, you know, it really, it, I'm, it humbles me. I'm grateful for it. I'm, I'm honored. And I, you know, I just, uh, I'm really blown away by it every day. Yeah, I'm blown away by it every day as well. You know, I mean, uh, I just got back from vacation. I went out to, I went out to Cancun and uh, we got in last night, uh, probably got back home at about midnight. And, and like you were mentioning somewhere, I don't know where I heard it, but you were saying that sometimes you, you, when you're doing this properly, you look forward to the mornings, you look forward to the next day. And, and I couldn't wait to wake up the next morning to do, you know, uh, the, the, the six different steps that you talk about in the book, you know, yeah. I, I woke up this morning and, and it started a great day. So like, um, when you look at it, when, when you were developing the miracle morning, um, how did, how did you come up with it? You know, like, how did you come up with all that stuff? It was it just trial and error or, or and how did you fit all that together? Like to a usable system? Yeah. You know, um, I know that's one thing that when it comes to the six practices of the miracle morning, and I'll, I'll share with everyone what those are, right? I call them the life savers and savers is an acronym S A V E R S and savers stands for silence affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And scribing is, by the way, for, you know, if you're like me and your vocabulary wasn't that big, I, I had to use the thesaurus to come up with that one. But <laughs> scribing is a fancy word for writing, which is basically journaling. So those are the six practices of the Miracle Morning. And um, when I first came up with those, like, you know, I didn't, obviously though, I didn't invent any of those. And that was actually a big problem for me, and it might be for people listening, is I, went, I wrote these down because I was like, doing all this research and reading articles on Forbes and Entrepreneur and you know, Huffington Post and Oprah, you, know, you name it. And I'm reading about all these successful people and what they swear by. And these are the six practices that I kept coming across. And my first thought was, oh, man, I, I guess I didn't find what I was looking for. All I found was stuff that I've heard about, right? Mm -hmm. I've heard of all of this. This is nothing new. And it's like our, our society, we're conditioned to find, like, the new thing, the fast thing, the better thing. You know what I mean? And what ends up happening is, you know, we, we discount the fundamentals that really make the difference, right? And it's like, it's like professional athletics, you know? I mean, why are these players so incredible? Because they just do the fundamentals over and over and over again. Yeah, sometimes you see them pull off a trick move in the game, and it's exciting and it's fun to watch, but they've just, you know, they've either done that move hundreds of times, thousands of times, they've shot the same shot on and on and on. And so for me, those six practices, I just realized wait a minute, just because I know them, I'm not doing them. And some of the world's most successful people swear by any one of them. So the epiphany was, what if I did all of them? Like, that'd be crazy. That'd be like personal development on steroids. Not that I support steroids or anything, but <laughs> right, like, you know, like turbocharge or, you know, whatever. Um, a solar powered. There you go. I'm going to start saying solar powered instead of on steroids, <laughs> right? I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, it'd be like the Tesla version of personal development, right? So, uh, 
so that's what ended up happening is I did all six and, 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 and I did the first time I did it, it was 10 minutes each, you know, 10 minutes, a one hour routine. And then as it evolved, I kind of, just, you know, was like, well, you know, I'll do maybe a little less time on affirmations. I can read them in just five minutes and I'll add that five minutes to do a little more reading and a little less time on maybe visualization and add that five minutes to the, the, the exercise or, or whatever, you know. But the point is all of these practices give really just, I mean, game-changing benefits. Um, and when you do them first thing in the morning, you just you set yourself up for a successful day. And that's what uh, an extraordinary and uh, successful life is made of, is an accumulation of successful days. That's it. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, man. You, you're giving us so much information uh, about that. Now, what do you recommend as, as far as like when people are first getting started, how, how should they implement this into their life? Because, I mean, you talk about the first 10 days is going, to be, is going to be unbearable for a lot of people, especially I know that when I tell my patients that they should do some type of meditation, what do you recommend as they, as they get started? So first thing I do recommend is to plug into the Miracle Morning Facebook community and if you go to Facebook and you just search the Miracle Morning community and make sure you use the word community because there's a Miracle Morning fan page, but that's not where the engagement happens. Um, it has become the most positive, uh, engaged online community that I have ever seen. I mean, it's in, we have 12,000 members now, and every day, like the amount of people that post and then that comment. I mean, like the other day, this woman was like, uh, I, you know, I'm new here, and she had 58 comments in less than 24 hours from people welcoming her to the group. It's just crazy, right? People share a problem they're having, a challenge. I've seen people have over 70 comments from people that they don't know that are supportive when they've said, I need help. Anybody help me in this area, right? So anyway, so I encourage you to plug into the Miracle Morning Community on Facebook even before you read the book because you, I mean, just by going there and seeing how this, these people uh, support each other, it's really inspiring. And I think, if anything, it kind of enhances your expectation. It's like, wow, if the Miracle Morning attracts this type of person, I'm in. You know, I'm in. So that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing is, you know, is get it, get not only support, but um, but make it simple. Here's what I encourage people to do. The Miracle Morning, the premise of it is simply waking up before you have to wake up. Most people wake up when they have to wake up versus when they want to wake up, right? They wake up because I have to be somewhere, do something, or answer to someone. And that's a pretty negative way to start the day where you're literally setting the alarm clock for the last possible moment to not get fired, you know, to not get, you know, divorced, to not get your kids kicked out of school, right? Like the, it's, I call that a mediocre morning, by the way, right? Medi Most Americans have a mediocre morning. It's like there's nothing to it except for just the minimum they have to do to get by. And, and the miracle morning is it's the essence of it is dedicating time every day to becoming a better version of yourself, ultimately to become the person that you need to be that is capable of creating everything you want for your life. So to start simply on that, I tell people, just move your alarm clock back 30 minutes, wake up, read for 20 minutes, exercise for 10. That, that's a miracle morning. So you don't have to – it's not an all-or-nothing thing where you're like, oh, well, i got to figure out what all the lifesavers are and i got to get a schedule down. And No, today, before you even get the book, just set your alarm clock back 30 minutes. That represents the fact that you are starting your day with the discipline to wake up before you have to wake up. That's a huge thing because it programs your subconscious mind that I'm a disciplined person. I have discipline, thus, when you need discipline at the gym or to go to the gym or to exercise or to eat right, you've got to, your, your identity is becoming more, more so, such that you are more 
disciplined and see yourself as such, so therefore you'll behave in alignment with that that identity. So that's it. So that's that's what I encourage people to do is you know plug into a community, get some support. Um, a lot of people do it at their work, like they get their whole you know their whole team on it, their their colleagues or their employees or some teachers do it with their students or whatever. Um, you know, so there's that way of getting support. But if you don't have that or you don't want to start there, the Miracle Morning community on Facebook is a cool place to plug in because there's thousands of people that are already well. Some of them will be brand new. I mean, some will join the same way. We have about a hundred people a day from all around the world asked to join. So a hundred people a day will be joining with you, but then there's thousands that are like already, you know, they're ahead of you, whether they're a week ahead of you or a month or whatever, they're, they're, they've already been doing the Miracle Morning, they've overcome a lot of the hurdles that, you know, and they're there to encourage you uh, and support you. Perfect. It's all about connecting to the community, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, so where can people get the, get the book at? So the, if you want to buy the book, the best place is Amazon.com. If you uh, don't, you're not ready to buy it for whatever reason. Maybe money's tight. I, you know, it is what it is. Um, I support that. Yeah, you can go to miraclemorning.com. So the miraclemorningbook.com just takes you to Amazon. So if you want to buy the book, go to Amazon. But if you're not, if you want to try it before you buy it, go to miraclemorning.com. And here's what you'll get: you'll get the first two chapters for free, a 17-minute video training for free. It's me training you via video. It's actually a speech I'm giving on stage in front of thousands of people where I had it recorded. And then and then a 60-minute in-depth audio, which is kind of cool. I was telling someone this the other day that I really want to go back and listen. I haven't, I haven't listened to it. I recorded it like two months after I started doing Miracle Morning. So it's very raw. It was very new to me. I didn't even know how to explain it, right? Um, so I was just thinking, that I need to go back and listen to that, though, because there's probably a lot of value in you know, how fresh it was for me, if, you know, if that makes sense. So, so yeah, you get all that for free if you go to MiracleMorning.com. Perfect, perfect. Uh, everybody, you guys got to go out and get it. I mean, don't even don't even hesitate. The links will all be in the show notes. So just click on it, get the book now, and then start implementing because it's because the book has so much more information about how to customize. You know, for the busy person and 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 all that stuff is, you know, you'll find what you need within within the book and to get to get your day and off on the right start because that's like like how I was saying everything starts off in the morning and how you set the pace for your morning how it's been amazing thanks for i mean all this information and, and spending your time with us you know and i recognize that you know our time is our most valuable asset that we have um if you could leave us with one last tip or one concept from especially your book you know what would that be for us um it's that focus on who you're becoming as much, if not more, than what you're doing. You know, we all want more in life. We want more happiness, more health, more energy, more success, more money. And, and most people, their strategy to get more is to do more, right? They think, mm-hmm. oh, i got to do more, be more productive, better manage my time. But what I'm, what I'm here to share is that, that when you actually focus on becoming more, you, it's not then you don't even necessarily have to do more. You can do more if you want to, and you'll be that much more effective when you do it because you have become more. But here's what I've found is that when you focus on becoming more, you can actually do less to achieve more. And that's where we ultimately all want to be because we want to be where we have a life of freedom, right? The freedom to do what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. That's been my focus for a long time is that freedom to be with my family and not have to be tied to work 40 hours a week unless – I want to work 40 hours a week, and some weeks I do, some weeks I don't, right? Having that freedom. And so to get that freedom, 
don't necessarily focus on doing more. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of work ethic and, and working hard. But without the focus on becoming more, you'll always be a slave to doing more. So think about that. Focus every day on your personal development. Wake up every day. Dedicate some time to becoming a better version of who you were when you woke up. You know, that's the miracle morning like this is all about. And become more, and you'll see that you can actually achieve everything you ever wanted. It becomes easier and easier and easier as time goes by and as you keep focusing on becoming more than you were when you woke up the day before. Wow, that's that's a great tip. Now, I mean, I now I have to ask one more question. So I lied that that was the one yeah. last thing. What what would you recommend as far as a book outside of your outside of your book um, that would be the best for people to get started on on their personal development if they haven't already? Yeah, Vision to Reality. It's by Honoré Corder, and uh, it's it's kind of like a cult classic where it kind of flies under the radar. It's most people haven't heard of it, uh-huh. but it's one of my favorites. Um, Vision to Reality, and you can buy it on you know on Amazon.com uh, as well. Perfect. Well, Hal, it's been it's been an amazing time, brother. And you uh, too, man. Thank I, you so thank much. You I appreciate time, yeah. you having me on. Absolutely. So, uh, where where can they find you? Uh, your website, Twitter. Yeah, you go to halelrod.com uh, at halelrod on Twitter. Uh, you know, Facebook Miracle Morning Community. Um, yeah, and then if you go to halelrod.com, you can you know the contact uh, tab. You can contact me through that. Perfect. There you guys go. You thanks everybody Hal. for tuning in, and Mike. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for taking time out of your day. All right. Take care, my friend. I hope you guys got something out of this podcast. I know I did. And how important your morning routine is for your overall health, your overall life, and everything that happens in your day. So I want you guys to do this. Pick up Hal's book. Go to the show notes. There's a link. Get his book right now. Second thing, go and participate in the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. Click on the link. Get into the community. and Start participating. Okay, the first thing you guys are going to notice, like Hal said, in that 30 days, this is the first 10 days you're going to get that resistance. You're going to try and break out of your normal patterns, and it's going to be unbearable. You're going to find that resistance, but keep going. You're going to need that support, so get the community, read the contents of the book, and apply it because everything that we're doing on this podcast is to help you get a better life, get you into total body wellness. Now, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please, please go to our iTunes page and like, subscribe, and more so, rate and review us. Because when you rate and review us and you leave us a five-star rating, we gain higher traction in the iTunes store, which gets us more exposure, which gets more people to listen to the information that we're putting out. And we got so much great information coming out to you. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't release all of it right now. I'm, I'm so excited uh, that we got so much of, of all these people that are coming on to interview. But guys, I thank you guys for listening overall, and I hope that we're bringing some type of good content to your life. And from us at What Up Doc University, this is Dr. Mike signing off and saying, "Be well, aloha."